much indeed. Now, we're very pleased to say we can bring in now Jim Bianco, president and founder of Bianco Research. Jim, thanks so much for coming to the studio. And you've been comprehensive in terms of how you've broken down the SVB story on your Twitter handle. And you've been really incisive in terms of pointing out two particular factors. I'm thinking about technology and liquidity and then the mismatch between deposits and, of course, what you're getting in money markets. Just break down what the implications are for those two factors coming to play. Yeah, so from the technology standpoint, welcome to the era of mobile banking. How did SVB get $42 billion withdrawn on Friday alone when there was no images of people lined up in front of the bank? It's this thing right here. It's our phone. I already had one tech VC told me he opened an account with JP Morgan and transferred $200 million in 10 minutes. So the banking system has to understand that the $17 trillion of money, everybody's sitting here with their thumb ready to move it at a moment's notice. And so they have to come to grips that this new technology has removed the friction of moving your money from one account to another or one institution to another at lightning speed. And so this is going to be something regulators and bankers are going to have to kind of get their head around. As far as liquidity goes, the bigger issue here is that for 14 years we had zero interest rates. Bankers that are now running these banks are used to a zero interest rate world. When rates started to rise, because of all the QE, they said, I have enough reserves, right. I don't need any more assets. So they kept their rates at zero. As rates went to 2 3 4%, customers didn't move. But right. then at 5%, something happened. The money flow, the gates opened and money started flowing into money market funds. They started buying treasury bills because 5% versus half a percent, then they started to move. And that has now created this liquidity drain at all banks, but the most weak, the weaker ones, like a signature or like an SVB, they're the ones that we found having the problems first. That bigger problem still consists now that everybody's still looking around and saying, even after the sell-off, I can still get a 4.5% uh, T-bill yield. I can still get 4% on a traditional money market why don't I leave my bank and go to that? So, Jim, first of all, um, the First Republic Bank shares in pre-market are up 20%. We'll talk about regulation. We'll talk about Tier 1 and Tier 2 banks and what that means going forward. But do you think the bank run will continue? The bank run will continue, but maybe not to the point that you will get a failure. you got to ask yourself, and this gets to this whole idea that there, there, it's a two-tier banking system. Tier 1 is the four big Cannot right. Too fail. big to fail. Right. Too big to fail banks, mm -hmm. the cities, the uh, J.P. Morgan's, Wells Fargo's, B of A. Tier 2 is everybody else. Tier 1, you are a depositor with that bank because they're too big to fail. And But Tier 2, are you an unsecured creditor or are you a, po a, a, a depositor? If you perceive yourself as an unsecured creditor, which are a lot of these large companies do that are well over the $250,000 limit, why, why wouldn't you move to a tier one bank? So I think a lot of people are going to make that calculation and they're going to say, okay, my bank is not going to fail tomorrow, but they're offering me half a percent. And if they do run into trouble, but what's the downside for me to move my money to Chase? There's no downside. It's 10 minutes on my phone. And that's what bankers are going to have to deal with. And one of the best read stories in the Bloomberg right now is around how those top four or five banks in the U.S. have just been sucking in those deposits. So the bigger question then about how that leaves the financial sector of the U.S. after all of this is unwound. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. I think that the regional and small banks, there's two ways they can get around this. The first way would be if you had unlimited deposit guarantees, at least for now, to tell everybody that 
you're now a depositor at a regional bank. You're not an unsecured creditor. Now, that that's brings up a moral hazard, and that brings right. up the idea of a bailout, and that is a problem. But if not, you're going to continue to drain all of these regional and small banks. Like I said, not in two days, mm. but over time. The other thing they could do is offer an incentive. Why don't move your deposit rates to three, you know, the interest you get on your savings account, move it to three, four, four and a half percent. Whereas, yeah, if you want to go to J.P. Morgan Chase, they're going to go off you half a percent, but I'm going to offer right. you three or four to stay here. At least make it make me think about it, because if you're going to offer me half here and they're going to offer me half there, I might as well just move. But the problem with that is that kills the bank profitability. But, so they're in a bad place. But Jim, Treasury has effectively actually guaranteed all deposits, right, for all banks. Or are they, we reading it wrong through facilities and lending? But it, uh, the overall message has been that. Right. The overall message has been Treasury has offered liquidity to the banks. But all that means is that if you want to leave, the bank has a facility to get the money for you to leave. They haven't told... Remember, we're going to talk to we're going to talk to non-financial people. We haven't told you that your deposit is Are guaranteed. Right. We've told you that if you want to leave, your bank won't close. That's not a that's not a comfortable guarantee. They've only guaranteed all of the deposits at Signature and at Silicon Valley Bank, but they haven't said that everybody's deposit is guaranteed everywhere. But do you think they should do that? I mean, I, you also have crypto banks. I mean, this. If you look at moral hazard, this is it. Right. Well, they did that in 2008. They, uh, the, uh, the FDIC did, through their TAG program, guarantee everything at every bank for one year. Mm. So we have a precedent for it. But if you wanted to stop the run, because if you wanted people to stop thinking I'm an unsecured creditor at a regional bank versus a depositor at a big bank, well, you could change right. that with that. But then that brings up a whole host of other problems. Jim, thank you so much. Jim Bianco, their president, founder of Bianco Research, stays with us. And we'll talk about the Fed next. Could U.S. CPI data provide a reality check for markets after the failure of Silicon Valley Bank? Well, we'll discuss that. So the SVB crisis has raised the question of what's more important for the Fed, taming inflation or actually ensuring stability in the financial industry. While playing into the mix is the latest U.S. CPI print due later today and what it could mean for future rate moves. Still with us, Jim Bianco, president and founder of Bianco Research. I was also reminded, actually, that the Fed was created in the aftermath of 1907, the panic of 1907, which was basically when the U.S. was reliant on one bank. But if we leave that to one side, it's incredible, Jim, to look at financial conditions, how they tightened, the sharpest one day tightening, I think, um, outside the, the Lehman and COVID crisis. What, how, how much does this complicate the Fed's job? It incredibly complicates the Fed's job. If we were to assume, and I think it's a safe assumption, that this financial crisis will not be the end of civilization, that it will be resolved at some point, maybe, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually, that we'll be left with where was the economy last week? Inflation was running hot. Uh, there was concern that it might bottom and pick up in the second half of the year. And if this results in the Fed having to not raise rates or maybe cut rates and stimulate the economy, we could, in the aftermath of this, the second half of the year, be stuck with an even bigger inflation problem than we already were perceived to have. Because remember last week, the Fed, Jay Powell was talking about raising rates 50 basis points because he was so worried about inflation. Now he's going to wind up cutting rates. 
And then what's, what's going to be the inflation rate in the second half of the year? So I am concerned that we could wind up with a worse inflation are you, problem. Are you overlooking the disinflationary effects, though, of the, of the financial conditions tightening, the loan standards that we know are going to be changed likely on the back of this fallout? That's going to have a disinflationary effect. Well, that's, that's what I meant by, you know, that we will eventually get past this mm. problem. It depends. Now, yes, if this turns into a full-blown crisis of 08 style and we wind up with a bad recession, then the inflation problem is put on the back burner. But I don't necessarily think that this is going to be this because this is a liquidity problem. This is a problem that people want to pick up their phone and they want to go to a safe bank. This is not banks made bad loans and those loans have gone bad and that they're, they're in trouble. This is that they are looking to probably move their money around. So that's why it's solvable, this, this problem. And then we could be left with an economy that's okay. And we've now stimulated an inflation problem. Do you expect the Fed to capitulate, actually, and, and even possibly cut next year? Uh, you, next week, yes. There, there's a possibility that they could do that. Uh, if, it all depends on what the financial markets do this week. If we were to see another downturn in the uh, stock market through the rest of this week, then, yes, I think that there's a possibility that they can. Look, at the end of the day, we cannot... Sorry, cut next week? I was thinking about next year. You think uh, they could cut next week? They could cut next week if the stock market takes a big downturn again. At the end of the day, let's not forget, the Fed is a, is a political animal, and they don't want to be blamed for this problem by raising rates into the teeth of a financial crisis. If the stock market stabilizes and rallies, that opens the door. And you can see it in the odds and the probabilities. They move tick for tick with the stock market. Yeah, and you're seeing a bit of stabilization in the banking sector now. I mean, downside of about five tenths of percent across the sector here in Europe, but the funds or the futures, the pre-pricing, pre-market pricing around some of those regional lenders uh, is looking to a bit of upside. So a little bit of relief across these markets. It was Nomura, of course, that came out with that call that maybe you get a cut from the Fed next week. But there's the debate between the likes of BlackRock on one side saying, no, they're going to have to stick with 25 basis points at least. Blue Bay Asset Management sale saying, look, the bond markets are getting ahead of themselves in terms of repricing the Fed. Where do you see the terminal rate then by year end? Well, yeah, I, you know, you, you could go, you can either go either way. I can see, I can make you a case next week of 25, nothing or a cut, depending on what we see in the rest of the week. Mm. I, I think that once we get past this problem, I could see the terminal rate, you know, which is now at around 475 to 5. Drifting back up to the mid-fives one more time, because, again, I don't perceive that this is going to be a rerun of 08. I then perceive that we're going to resolve this issue. Like I said, it might take a month or two, and then we're going to be, we're going to be back to worrying about inflation, and that's why the terminal rate will go start to drift back up. Jim, overall, and we're here in Europe, we've been looking also at the fallout from, you know, a lot of the European banks. Is there a worry that the revenue stream will be hurt because they'll have to offer more money to depositors to keep them there? And also, in general, that they're going to be slammed with much more regulation? Yes and yes. I think on the, on the deposit rate, you've woken everybody, you know, to use my prop again with the phone. Now we've all logged on to our phones. Now we all know how to use our phones. And now we all are noticing that there's money market funds that are out there at 4%. And it's two, it's two buttons to move my money to get 4%. If the banks want to keep that money, they're going to have to start competing with the open market rates of 475 on the funds rate, 45 on money markets and treasury bills. That, that hurts their profitability. They don't want to do it, but they might be forced to do it. And yes, there will be calls for regulation, and that's going to crimp them as well, too. So there's going to be some lasting effects on the banking system because of what's Jim, happened. Jim, what's, what's, what's the next shoe to drop? We had the LDI crisis here in the UK last year. We got the SVP Silvergate crisis 
now. What is the next huge drop? We're seeing credit spreads blowing out in some corporate credit. Are you worried about credit? Is there something else that you're watching for? Yeah, yeah. You know, the old adage that the Fed raises rates until something breaks, and we're finally starting to see that. I'd have to say that the next shoe to drop is going to probably be commercial real estate, especially office real estate. Work from home, remote work. We're still building buildings. We're still hoping people are going to go fill these buildings one more time. And yet, we're th this is like the third week. We're at the three-year anniversary of basically going to remote work and work from home. And we're only at 50% usage in the United States of office buildings. And a lot of office loans, a lot of commercial real estate loans tied to office towers, I think is going to be the next issue that we're going to have to grapple with. Okay. What a pleasure to have Jim Bianco in the studio with us, president and founder of Bianco Research on all things, of course, around the fallout of SBB and what the implications are for the Fed. And what the other shoe could be to drop real estate, commercial real estate. Keep an eye on that one. Thank you very much indeed. Right.